Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. What's up, Team Flynn? This is the final episode of 2018 for the Smart Passive Income Podcast, which is really exciting. We've had an amazing year, and I'm going to do some highlights from different podcasts. You're actually gonna hear clips from some of my favorite episodes and some of the most useful episodes of this year. A great reminder for those of you who had listened to them and perhaps a teaser for those of you who wanna go back and listen to the full length of these episodes that we're about to talk about. But this is also a really exciting time because this means, well, 2019 is just around the corner and many of you know I have a lot of large, ambitious, big, hairy, audacious goals for next year, including FlynnCon, a new course that's coming out, a book that's coming out, some travel that I'm really excited about, and we'll get to those a little bit later. But for right now, let's cue the music. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he usually plays the ukulele instead of the guitar because it's more his size, Pat Flynn. This is session 351 of the SPI podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And like I said, today we're gonna be doing a recap and you're actually gonna hear clips from some of my favorite episodes of the year. And I wanna start right at the beginning in episode 300, which was the second episode of the year. We reached a milestone uh, kind of mark in the podcast, episode 300. So to do something special, I brought on members of my mastermind group, which is called the Green Room Mastermind Group. The Green Room in theater, in television, is the room where you kind of sit in before you go on camera, before you go live or on stage. And so we decided to call our mastermind group the Green Room because this is where we come together to prepare before we go out in the world and serve others. And we have some amazing members in this group. We have Leslie Samuel, Ray Edwards, Mark Mason, Michael Stelzner, and Cliff, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, all great friends of mine. We've been friends for years and we hold each other accountable. We share goals and we lean on each other and we are brutally honest with each other as well. So here's a clip from Leslie Samuel. We started talking about blogging and if blogging was dead and you know, with video and podcasting being or seemingly a lot popular now, should we continue working on our websites and blogs? And his answer was yes, absolutely. So I said, okay, well, let's say I start a blog today. 
what are two things that I can do to make sure that I have people coming to this blog, that I have traffic? And here's that part of the conversation. All right, I'm convinced, I'm convinced now. I'm going to start a blog because Leslie told me that I need to have my own home base. I'm going to put it up and nobody's going to see it except for my mom. How do I get other people to find it? Your top two tips, if you have any. Top two tips is, well, so the, the pre-tip to the two tips <laughs> would be to get really clear on who you're trying to target. Because if you're not clear about who those who that person is, you're not going to be in the right places to find them. So that's number one. That's like the foundation. If you know who they are, what are they struggling with? What are they searching for? So that you can create the kind of content that they're looking for you're going to be setting yourself up for success. So that's number one, or that's number zero. <laughs> number one then would be to, to find places where they are gathering, you know, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on Twitter or whatever social network, YouTube or whatever the case might be. Under, like, choose one main platform, learn as much as you can on, about how to get exposure on that platform and then just go all in in. I, I think a lot of people try to do everything and there's so much that we can be doing in 2017, 2018 now um, that I, I think we really need to think about, hey, where can I focus so that I can have the biggest bang for the time that I'm actually investing? So you understand who you are, who, who you're trying to reach. You, you choose your main platform that you want to focus on. And then, you know, I'm going to give a tip that I don't typically do because I think it's something that so many of us bloggers kind of neglect. I want you to come from behind the blog and actually go out there and connect with people in person. You know, we do this a lot by going to conferences and events and those kinds of things. And I think that's so valuable because you are able to connect with other people in your space and the relationships that come from that can can result in so many magical opportunities. So those are going to be two quick tips. I can give like 50 if you want, but no, we're going to keep it simple for right now. <laughs> for everybody who wants more tips, however, where can they go? Oh, they can go to becomeablogger.com. That's where I share all things blogging. All right, so again, I highly recommend you listen to episode 300 because just some amazing knowledge from amazing people who I'm just very thankful that I have a chance to chat with every single week. Now, next up, we have episode 303 where I invited Mark and Roman, who uh, Mark was a, so, uh, a loan signing, a loan signing, a loan signing agent who was just getting started in the online space. His buddy Roman was, uh, without even Mark's knowledge, following my validation process he had read my book and he had gone through all the steps there's a funny story in there about how mark and i actually met because i actually brought mark into my office to sign papers for a house that we purchased my wife and i as an investment property mark saw some thank you notes on my wall and was like what do you do and he, i started to tell him the story he's like oh my gosh my partner roman follows your stuff and then we sat down for coffee i learned about their story i needed to invite them on the show because Mark took his uh, knowledge about becoming a loan signing agent, and he now teaches other people how to do that. And in this clip that you're about to hear, you're going to hear Mark uh, describe what it was like to host his first webinar. Roman kind of set that up. Mark came on to teach, and he was talking about how surprised he was to get just a little bit of registration and some dollars coming from a small webinar, which then blew up, and now they have just an incredible business. And at the time of this recording – when it came out in episode 303, which was in January, uh, they were making over $30,000 a month. So this really brings into perspective what those first steps are like. And you'll see that, well, the dollar amount was very small, but it always starts with just that first success, 
which can then blow up to much bigger success later. So here's Mark talking about his first webinar. You see these sales come in, like, tell me what's going through your head. Yeah, well, everything Roman told you about the validating, I would have no idea what's going on. <laughs> he sits me from the back. He says, we have 100-something registrants. You're going to do, just do what you did with me. And so everything I talked about at that point, I was just kind of lost. And that's what I was telling you um, when we met for coffee. Like, you know, I had no idea Roman was following everything you did book, uh, step by step, which is just so funny about how small this world is. But, um, yeah, I was blown away that we had 15 people show up. Um, and then I was blown away. We had four purchases. And uh, at that moment, I said, Roman, we are on to something. I mean, we did 600 yeah. bucks uh, in about three hours. That's how long the webinar was when we first started. Um, and I like literally I said, when's the next webinar? Literally my next question. When's the next That's webinar? Great. And then um, I believe we, we fired up another Facebook ad. And then now at this point, once I realized uh, that there was a business, I um, then went all in onto the online world and, you know, I'm, I'm maybe a year deep into this, this amazing new world that, uh, um, that you're a very big part of. And, and so uh, I now understand what, what Roman's saying about validating. So right when we had that, then we started getting into, we started AB testing Facebook st- uh, slides, uh, ads, and, um, kind of the rest is history. Man, I just love the energy that Mark always brings to the table. And, you know, I've been able to see him more often now. We live in San Diego together, but he's also been attending the, monthly San Diego Entrepreneurs Group meetup that a few entrepreneurs and I kind of set up here in San Diego. It happens on the first Wednesday of every month, unless there's like a holiday or something. And that's at the WeWork in downtown. And so it's open to everybody. Mark comes in, he always has some amazing things to say. Uh, And I haven't seen Roman in a while. I know he's doing well too. And obviously their business is crushing it right now. So well done guys. And if you want to continue listening to that episode, that's episode 303. Now, next up, I want to talk about episode 308. This was published in March, right after I started getting really serious with YouTube. And this guest who was in this particular episode was by far one of the most helpful guests that we've had in the area of YouTube. We've had many guests, and they're all fantastic. But Sonny Leonard Doozy, who has an amazing channel and who has been just so gracious to me in helping kind of push my podcasting stuff out to her audience, I I want to make sure that you check out her YouTube channel And in the clip that you're about to hear in episode 308, she talks about some tips for those of you who are getting into YouTube. And this was definitely an episode that I was using to help myself, but also help everybody listening to. She talks about some specific strategies that you can use to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your buck. Because producing videos does take a lot of time, but we want to make sure that we maximize our efforts there and optimize the strategies so that more people find our videos. So here she is. Like I said, no one cares about you on YouTube until you give them a reason to care. You want to get into your content as quickly as possible. A huge mistake that a lot of new YouTubers make or entrepreneurs make on YouTube is they give the why of why people need to be paying attention to the content. But if people are searching for an answer or a solution, they already know the why generally. They know why they need it. They just want to know how to do it and what they need to do. So it's kind of skipping over the why of it and getting right into the steps and having a very short intro, um, getting to the steps and then having calls to action at the end. So I, that's what I call my like hot Um, script formula and it stands for hook outcome testimonial. Um, So at the very beginning saying, you know, today I'm going to teach you how to get more views on YouTube. You're going to learn exactly step-by-step the seven steps that you need to rank your videos. Number one in YouTube. And then I've taught this to thousands of entrepreneurs like, and I can give a customer testimonial um, to prove my credibility and then get right into the steps. 
I love it. It makes it simple. I think the hook is super important. That's the one thing I've learned about this YouTube space that I'm trying to carry over into podcasting too. And that's how can we get people to continue or to just know in the beginning that they're going to stick around the whole time. Mm, and yeah. um, like in podcasting, it's not as important, although obviously it is, it's important everywhere, but in podcasting, you have a little bit more time to convince a person that yes, I'm going to put this device in my pocket and continue listening. But on YouTube, I mean, I can see literally in a lot of my older videos, just after 12, 15 seconds, it's like, like they just drop off because I haven't gained their interest yet. Um, And I've been trying to work on that too. And, 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 you know, this thing of like, let's keep people on here and more engagement, which means, you know, you need stuff that's happening visually versus just like a talking head the whole time. All, this stuff is all new to me and it's just, it's a fun challenge, but it's, it's, it's not super easy to figure out. No, there's, I mean, there's so many elements to it. I continue to learn on a daily basis about it. And it's just, it's such a fascinating platform to me. And there's so many elements to keeping people engaged. And I think what you mentioned is so important on YouTube and people need to understand it's one of the most important metrics to actually seeing success on the, on the platform is that retention factor. People need to be watching your entire video in order for that video to actually get ranked because YouTube and Google see it as obviously a quality piece of content and people are watching the entire thing. And then watch time on your channel as well is massive. It's a huge analytic that Google and YouTube pay attention to, which means you want people binge watching your content. So you kind of want all of your content to link back to each other. I call it the spider web strategy of like linking each video to another video and having them be related to each other so that people stay on your content and your channel for a long time. Now I know Sunny listens to the show. Sunny, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And I all highly recommend you check out her channel on YouTube and we'll have obviously all the links and resources mentioned in this particular episode, which is the, there's going to be a bunch because we're going to link to all the previous episodes that we've uh, recorded that we're talking about and highlighting and also all the links that we mention uh, and the people that we are featuring here. Speaking of amazing people, I want to talk about Whitney Johnson. She was somebody who had just met through a connection with Richie Norton, who's a good friend of mine. And Whitney is amazing. She's an author and she's a leading thinker on uh, corporate innovation. Um, and she talks about this thing called personal disruption and she came on the show to talk about how to disrupt yourself essentially and in this particular segment that you're about to hear we talk about the pattern that we often go through that I've gone through myself that maybe you've gone through which is when you start something new you get really excited about it but then all of a sudden you just start to lose energy for it whether it be because you find something new that's more exciting or you just get bored of it or perhaps you tackle a a thing that's hard in that process and you just kind of want to give up And we look for something new before we even give that thing a chance to succeed, to get a chance to a point where to to give it a chance to to actually grow. And this is a very common thing and why a lot of entrepreneurs or would be entrepreneurs fail. So let's listen to this clip with Whitney Johnson in episode 315. You know, I have a lot of people in the audience who they get so fired up about starting something new, right? So they've decided Mm -hmm. to make a change. They're taking action. And before they get to that, exponential growth in that S curve that you're talking about, I think they start to already experience boredom before the success. And I'd love for you to speak on, you know, just, just this repetitive cycle that a lot of us go through, which is just, they're always, we're always in building mode. And then as soon as something is perhaps ready to get, you know, mass market or, or big or, or, or start to make sales for us, we kind of go back to starting something new before even giving that thing a chance to succeed. How, where's that, coming from and and can you can you address that and and perhaps unpack that for us 
Yeah, that's that's a great question. So I think if you think again about the, the psychology around this, right, of you're discouraged, then you're you're confident and then you're bored. Mm-hmm. I do think there is some element of this is just the natural cycle of, of life and the natural cycle of learning. And so once you approach that mastery stage, knowing that you're you're going to get bored, I think what you're asking and um, is this idea of sometimes we don't persist when we need to d- persist that sometimes we can disrupt too much. Mm. And so, there is an element of being able to learn when it's time to disrupt yourself and when it's time to to get to the top of that learning curve and to survey all that you've accomplished and to appreciate it and to prepare for the future and, and also to make it possible that whatever you've built can continue to grow and, and persist beyond your having been there. So, I think it's natural that you're going to get bored, but I also think in your point point is something important is that sometimes we just need to persist and sometimes we just need to slog a little bit and sometimes there's a slog at the low end and sometimes there's a slog at the high end and that's just part of our being able to become successful is is the willingness to slog i, I remember i was just reading this morning a quote from steve jobs that he said that he's convinced and i'm paraphrasing convinced that most of what separates a successful entrepreneur from an unsuccessful entrepreneur is perseverance. And so I would say to all of us who are feeling a little bit bored, persevere just a little bit longer, and then you can jump to a new curve. Do you have any suggestions on if a person is at that point, how to persevere? Uh, is it tapping into the why behind what you're doing? Is it is it some other strategies that you might have? I would say two. One is, um, I think tapping into the why, you've just hit a really important thing Mm of, okay, I'm doing this because this isn't just about me. I've just actually started um, doing the Headspace meditation, which is fantastic. I love Headspace. Oh, it is so great. I know I'm totally digressing, but it's really it's making okay. a difference. It's making a huge difference for me. I gave this big speech yesterday and I meditated before and I felt like I was so much more into, into you know, focused on what I was saying and not having it be about me, but focused on the words and the people I was talking to. Anyway, the point being is that every time you do have space, not every time, but most of the time he's like, why are you doing this? Who are you doing this for? And I think when you, um, as you said, if you can connect this back to the why I'm doing this, like I said earlier, I'm doing this to help people feel, make it safe for people to change when I can connect back to that, then it's easier for me to persist. I think the other thing that is really powerful is that I think we sometimes think a lot about endurance in terms of our physical, you know, people run marathons, people, um, you know, climb mountains. And we think of endurance in that respect. And I think that there's an element of us are learning how to build out our endurance when it comes to persisting within an endeavor. Um, when it's, whether it's writing a book or building a business, um, mm-hmm. not just when it comes to physical feats. I would agree with you a hundred percent. And I know through just the decade of doing this on my own, I mean, I've gotten a little bit better at persisting. And at first I just, I don't know if it's because I was young and I just, we're, we're in an age now where we want instant results. Like I was just, I was just not like, I couldn't imagine keep keeping going sometimes. All right, Whitney Johnson, everybody, if you want to listen to that full episode again, that was episode 315. You know, one of my favorite things to do is get connected with new entrepreneurs. And that's something that's going to happen a lot in 2019. I've a little bit been intimidated by many other entrepreneurs who I would love to have on the show, but I just kind of 
you know, I know it may sound weird because I have this successful podcast and a business that's kind of known for, you know, being innovative and, and, and growing and getting bigger and bigger every single year, but I still get nervous. I still get scared. And sometimes I still feel like, oh, well, like, who am I to ask this person? And just to kind of fill you in, for instance, the other day, I finally had the guts to ask a YouTuber kind of personality who I really admire to see if he would love to come on the show. And, and he said yes. And so those things are going to happen more often because I just need to, again, step out of my comfort zone a little bit more. And I know a lot of you need to do the same thing. So I just want to lead by example and let you know that, hey, I'm struggling through the same things, but I'm also getting through it as well. So, hey, we're on the same team. That's why this is Team Flynn. That's why this is Team Flynn. And hey, Team Flynn, if I could play this next episode for you in full here in this particular podcast episode, I would because the whole thing is that valuable. And this goes back to my 2017 choice for book of the year. And that book was coaching, The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stainer. And I was so thankful that I had the opportunity to interview him on the show in episode 325. And literally, it's probably one of the most useful episodes you will ever listen to because it's just so actionable and so valuable. And we always are coaching people, our friends, our children, our parents sometimes, our, our our colleagues, if you're a manager, obviously you do that. If you're the CEO or an entrepreneur, your team, you're coaching them too. This episode is called How to Be an Amazing Coach. And it really, really, really is one that I highly recommend you listen to. Again, that's episode 325. Now, this clip I want to share with you goes into, well, the setup is I was asking Michael, like, okay, like you have these certain questions that you ask instead of just like spilling advice you're always asking the same question. But what if what if you actually do know how to solve something and do you just go right into that or how do you position yourself when you're coaching somebody to still be useful but just not be kind of in that rescuer mindset? And so here's a very valuable clip from this episode, episode 325 with the author of The Coaching Habit. Look, here's a classic case. Somebody comes up to you and goes, hey, Pat, how do I? You know, you're in a position where, you know, you've built a, a brand, an authority around your ability to help people and have answers. So you're going to get this all the time. Hey, Pat, how do I? And that triggers every part of your body, your advice monster, if you like, to come out and go, let me tell you what I think you should do. But here's the habit that I've developed that might be useful for you or people listening in. And it gives both of you what you want. So when somebody comes up to me and goes, hey, Michael, how do I? I go, look, Pat, that's a great question. And I've got some ideas on how to tackle this, and I'll I'll share them with you. But before I give you my idea, what's your first idea on how to tackle this? And they'll give me an answer. And I'm like, fantastic. I love that. And then, of course, I use the best coaching question in the world. And what else? Go, what else could you do? And what else could you do? Great. And is there anything else you could do? And then, if it's appropriate, I'll then go, so I love all of these ideas. Here's what they make me think of, and I might add one or two ideas of my own. So what I'm doing here is a number of things. I'm making sure they know that I've got their back, and I'm not going to let them leave without helping them answer the question. But secondly, I'm giving them first go so that – I'm not just offering up advice that they already know. I'm like, tell me what you already know. Tell me what you've already thought of. And then thirdly, I get to just offer the more exquisite advice because it's more precise. It's not redundant. And if you want to play a game with this, it's kind of 
I'm kind of reminding them that actually I'm still the smartest person in this conversation because, you know, I had all those other ideas that you had. Plus, I've got a couple more that can be helpful there as well. You know, a fun fact about this particular episode is that it encouraged me to literally write down every single question in the coaching habit and have them on a note card right here. I don't know. Can you? I don't know if you can hear that paper, but that is the list of questions that I use when I'm coaching my accelerator students, when I'm on a phone call with somebody and I want to learn more and see what I can do to help. It's even something that I reference in many mastermind calls are these questions from, again, the 2017 business book of the year in my choice, uh, and that is The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay-Stainer. And he and I have developed the relationship now and we are chatting on Twitter every once in a while. just super cool and super helpful. I love the guy. And uh, just, again, check out the book, check out the ep- the episode, episode 325. Now, in addition to that kind of coaching, a lot of times coaching is a mindset-related thing. And I wanted to highlight Dr. Shannon Irvin, who was featured in episode 331. She was a uh, student of mine, and she's crushing it. But more than that, she's helping so many entrepreneurs break through into those next levels because, as she says, next level, next devil, Every time you try to push yourself, you're always going to come across these new challenges in your mind, the little devil on your shoulder telling you that you can't do this or that you're not good enough. And the clip that I want to play for you is near the end of the episode where I literally go, hey, Shannon, I want to do a thought experiment with you, a little challenge for you. And I make up this scenario about something that would affect my mind. And I have her respond to that as if it were really happening. So this is episode 331, the story you tell yourself. And here is the setup for that mind thought experiment. I'd love to do a little role playing game with you. Love it. Love it. If that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So this will be a scenario and I'd love to know how you as, as, as the uh, coach essentially in the situation would help me out. So I tell myself these affirmations every single day. I, I practice and I behave like a entrepreneur who is successful and I am seeing success and then I plan a launch and it's based on what my audience says they want and they, you know, are ready for this launch and I, I launch this thing and it, it, it falls flat. It, mm-hmm. it, it just bombs. And now I'm in my own head. I am, I am in this, this whirlpool going down and circling down into a deep, dark hole of I'm not worth it. Yeah. I am not good enough. It is all ending Everything I put my work into is is crumbling. I should go out and get a, a, a job, a stable job. Who am I to even think I could go down this route? Mm. Shannon, how, how do I, I... I had done all the things, but then now I'm derailed. How do, how do I get back on? Oh my gosh, I love this so much. So welcome to the world of being an entrepreneur, what <laughs> he just described, because as we love to say, next level next devil. <laughs> it, it doesn't go away. You just get much, 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 much better at identifying it and doing the work. So before this launch, of course, we would have talked about what the launch means. What does it mean about you? What, it, what happened? Because the reality is if you're thinking like a seven figure entrepreneur, you absolutely know you're going to fail. You're going to fail and learn and fail and learn and fail and learn. And that's Uh, the fabric of almost every successful on and offline business owner that I know they took risks and they failed. So we would have worked done that work ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but we're here and you're spiraling. So, so I, Pat would want to know from you, 
what does this failure mean about you? My reply would be, I built the wrong audience. I built the wrong product. I wasted a bunch of money and, and now I don't have any clients at all. I like money's not coming in like I thought it was going to in our projections. Um, I, I feel like a failure. Mm. And so does this product not help people then? It helps people. They said it was something they needed, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't, wasn't connecting with them. And so I don't, I don't know what to do next I, like if i relaunch like i should i lower the price to try and get people in it maybe it was the price that was the issue um i i think it, it's going to be helpful for them and you know i've i even had like you know a couple of my friends go through the course and they said it was helpful but i just i wasn't making sales i i don't know if people believe me hmm. okay so do you believe that if if it's sold what kind of impact would it make on people and on their lives. Say we're sitting here, the launch didn't fail, it was at the right price or the right, you know, marketing message and all that. And we're sitting here and you've got 10 people in. What are they getting from your course? Because I know you launched this because you had a drive and a belief and you wanted to help people. So what is it helping them with? It would help them double their revenue because it includes some really unique marketing tactics that I implement myself and I've, I've, I've shared this kind of on a surface level on my blog and on my podcast and it's for people who want to execute on that, which is not easy. And so I would have these 10 students going through and daily getting small wins that lead up to the big win in the end where, um, you know, they launch something new and then they double their revenue. They see something they haven't seen before. And I know it can do, I know it can help them do that. And that's, okay. that's the big frustration here, Shannon, is that I just, I don't have the people in there. Yeah. So can you identify that your worth is connected right now to this being a success? Because you're feeling like you want to give up, that maybe it wasn't worth it. You know, you spent all this money, you spent all this time. Do yeah. you see that there's a story there that this had to be successful to validate your your worth in this yes this failed therefore i fa i am a failure okay so let's talk about that story because you just told me something that contradicted that which was oh my gosh i've done this in my own business I, it's life-changing and i've had a couple people do it and they said it was amazing dr shannon irvin or as she forces me to call her just shannon I love her and we get coffee together and we chat every other week on our accelerator uh, mastermind call. So Shannon, you're amazing. Keep up the great work. Another thing I learned from Shannon this year, uh, the, the, you know, that phrase I shared earlier, different levels, different devils. She also shared another thing that I mentioned in a later YouTube video related to haters, because a lot of times haters can get into our minds and we start telling ourselves stories based on what other people say of us. And she told me, and this was at our accelerator retreat in San Diego, and she was telling this to the rest of the group too, and it was so powerful. She said, hurt people hurt people. So if you got somebody hurting you, like a troll or a hater, they're probably doing that because they are hurt themselves. Hurt people hurt people. And so if you have haters in your life, first of all, we'll link to and perhaps embed the video that I published about a troll that almost ended me and was like having me tell stories about myself that I almost believed and almost quit because um, we'll, we'll 
link to that and embed it in the show notes for this episode. Again, this is episode 351 um, and one of the most popular videos that I've come out with recently. But anyway, hurt people, hurt people. And thank you for that, Shannon, and everything else that you do. All right, next up, we're going to talk about episode 337. This was the most popular solo episode that I did during the year. And this was one titled, The Riches Are in the Niches. And I'm sorry for those of you who are living across the pond who pronounce it niches, but that doesn't rhyme as well. The riches are in the niches. The riches are in the niches. The advantages of being small. And not only was this the most downloaded solo episode of the year, uh, but this was one that had the most response. And I actually asked many of you at the end of the show to hit me up on Twitter or Instagram to let me know that if it was helpful and if you were empowered by it. And many of you, I still get messages about that. And again, this is episode 337. So I wanted to play a clip, which was the second advantage that I share that you have if you are just starting out, if you are small in your space, because we have a ton of advantages being small. We're quick, we're nimble, but here's <laughs> here's uh, here's strategy number two or advantage number two from that episode. All right, number two, the second advantage you have by being small, and this is a big one, you can better connect with the audience that you have. Because there aren't many people uh, there yet, you have the ability to connect with a higher percentage of them. And by connect, I mean literally have conversations with them, reply to their emails, reply to every single comment, reply to every single tweet or Instagram message, and even send your own direct messages to them to thank them, to ask them questions, to survey them, and, and what have you. You can do that. I cannot do that at this point. I get 500 emails a day, and it's overwhelming. I get that many social media tags every day as well. I couldn't possibly do this. This is your advantage against the big players, especially bigger, big brand names where you become known as the person and people would much rather gravitate toward you because they know you and you've interacted with them versus, you know, faceless brand here. Uh, A good example of this is when I started um, helping people in the architecture industry, which was my start in online business and entrepreneurship in general with my site, greenexamacademy.com. Everything was going really well for a while. I was selling my ebook and a study guide, uh, which then later turned into an audio guide as well. And I was making a low five-figure amount every single month. And then a giant ball just landed on me and crushed me. And this was the United States Green Building Council, which is the organization that actually wrote the exam that I was creating a study guide for. They came out with their own study guides. And... I thought I was crushed. I mean, why would people buy a study guide from me? I didn't even get a perfect score on the exam. I'm just, you know, I was back then, I was just a 24, 25-year-old guy who was just trying to make things work and was just studying for this exam and sharing my notes. Why why would people buy an exam guide and some practice exam questions from me versus the actual organization that creates the exams and the questions itself? I thought I was done for. That month that they came out, with that guide was my record month. I had I had sold more guides than ever, and I actually reached out to my audience and I had uh, surveyed them afterwards because I just wanted to understand more about why they bought from me and not them. And the reasons were because they got to know me, because I did interact with them, because I had answered their questions in forums, because they saw my picture on my website. They much rather would buy from me, and they trusted me as somebody who was just like them in their shoes, and likely the target audience that you have is just a couple steps behind where you are in this journey that you're helping them through. 
um, they're going to they're going to better relate to you, and so you have that advantage over the big brands that are out there for sure. And going back to what I said earlier about forums and DMs, direct messages, th- those I mean, man, th- you you can leverage those so well when you're just starting out. I would challenge you is if if you're just starting out. You should try to get to know the names of at least like 25 people. Like get to know them. Have a like understand who they are and uh, what their problems are, what their day is like. You should try to get to know 25 people in your audience at least at the start and just kind of learn about them and get to know them and understand their psyche. This, this will give you so much good intel for how you can give back to them and obviously sell later on if you aren't already. So use that small size of yours to your advantage. You have yet to get bombarded with 500 emails a day. So use your time wisely now. All right, and again, that was episode 337. If you want to listen to the rest of that, and again, the most popular solo episode of the year, which was published in September, it's just a half-hour show, but very powerful. Again, episode 337. All right, next up, I often invite a lot of authors on um, you've already heard Michael Bungay Stainer, but a lot of times I love to feature friends who have books coming out, not just because I'm going to do them a favor, but also because they have amazing knowledge to share and I want to help them out and get that knowledge in front of more people. And the specific episode I'm talking about is episode 340, which featured a good friend of mine, James Clear, who, interestingly enough, We've been working for years to try and find and coordinate the right time and right topic, and it just so happened to work out that his book was coming out in October of this year, and his book is called Atomic Habits, and I wanted to help him out and support him, and first of all, congratulations, James, on having that book become a New York Times bestseller. I'm super proud of you, and I'm thankful that I've had the opportunity to share this book with many others. It's actually an episode that I've had a ton of people reply to and say, thank you for having James on the show because now people are building their own habits to support their lifestyle, to support their goals, which is very, very important. And so the clip that you're about to hear is really interesting. This is near the end of the episode. This is episode 340 with James Clear. But this is the part where we talk about, well, oftentimes when we form these habits, we get so derailed once we lose a day or once we you know, miss a day on something, whether it's kind of fitness related or we're trying to write every day, we miss one day and all of a sudden things just a spiral out of control and that's when we lose things. So how do we, in our mind, bounce back from that? And so James is here to talk about because nobody's perfect. And so when you're trying to build habits, we are trying to be perfect and build a routine, right? But nobody's perfect. So how do we make sure we stay on track when we get off track? Here he is. The little mantra I like to keep in mind is never miss twice. So I can't predict, uh, you know, how well I'm going to do every single time. And I know that sometimes life is going to get in the way and emergencies are going to pop up. And, you know, maybe I'm trying to stick to a diet, but then my friends want to go out to happy hour and I find that I like binge ate with them or had a pizza or something. That's fine. I don't need to get wrapped up in the mistake that just happened or in the fact that I just did something that wasn't exactly uh, what I wanted to do to follow this program. Let me just pour all of my energy into making sure that the next meal is a healthy one. Or, you know, for the first three years that I wrote at jamesclear.com, I wrote a new article every Monday and Thursday. And if I miss on a Thursday, well, then my, all of my energy should be poured into getting back on track on Monday. It's less about, uh, it's less about worrying about the fact that you just lost a streak or broke a streak and more about trying to build the next one as soon as possible. It's pretty much 
it's pretty much never the first mistake that ruins you. It's almost always the re- spiral of repeated mistakes that follows. Mm-hmm. And if you can avoid that spiral and get back on track quickly, then uh, you find that over the long run, as you stretch the time scale out, it ends up looking really good. Uh, you know, so I have, you know, I have weeks when I have to go speak or work with a company or um, go on vacation or whatever. And it's hard to get my training, my workouts in those weeks. But I'm more focused on like, can I get 40 or 42 weeks of workouts in over the course of the year? Um, and all of that comes back to getting back on track as quickly as possible and never missing twice uh, once I get back home. All right. So once again, I recommend you check out the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, New York Times bestselling author. Super proud of James. And again, that's episode 340. Links in the show notes. Next, we have episode 344. A lot of you know that my videographer Caleb and I have been working on a physical product and to help us with the development and the, the process and just getting our heads wrapped around this entire thing, we invited Tom and Dan from Studio Neat on the podcast, episode 344. And in this clip, it's about the future of physical products and how they've kept their business pretty small and why and the scalability of that And uh, we're going to hear the clip from uh, Tom and Dan right now. So here we go. Episode 344. Yeah, I mean, just like behind the curtain, I'm sitting in my home office. So is Dan. We both made choices to not have a space. We wanted to work from home to be close to our kids and not have like the overhead and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, that doesn't mean that we don't want to grow revenue wise. Like the, the really amazing thing about the way we set up our company is we could, you know, we could sell 10 times as much product next year and literally nothing would change um, because all of our warehousing, fulfillment, manufacturing, everything is outsourced. So when an order comes into our website, it goes straight to one of our warehouses. We have one in LA, one in the UK, and then it gets shipped out to the customer the next day. And so that could happen at a way faster rate and doesn't really change us at all. And so we are really optimizing to, to, to outsource stuff and keep it really simple and keep it focused what we're on. And I think we're actually in a really good position for the future because I think the future for physical products is all about niche. And, you know, it's going to be like you said, you can, be a small team and reach so many people. You can build this really niche product like for vloggers. You could reach all the vloggers in the world pretty easily. And that's a huge, big market. And it's like, you know, you don't need, you could be one person to reach all of the people. So um, for us, it feels like we're set up for the future because all the things that are hard right now are going to get easier. So manufacturing is going to get easier. Logistics are going to get easier. Outreach, like advertising is all going to get easier. And if we keep on our toes and keep leveraging technology to, to, to really kind of extend ourselves, I feel like we can grow from a revenue point of view. There's like no limit really. Um, so th- it feels good. I mean, it feels like we're in the right spot and, and I would encourage anyone who's, who's interested in that. I mean, you know, just keep it slow and, and don't, n- there's another way to do it. Um, and if you haven't read a uh, rework by like 37 signals, Jason Fried, Check out that book. That, that's that been really Amazing helpful book. to us. Yeah. And just knowing that, you know, the, the stories you hear about how businesses are run is not the only way. You know, you can do it your own way. All right. Again, I hope you enjoyed that quote from uh, the guys over at Studio Neat. And I highly recommend if you are thinking about creating a small physical product, you can do really well in a very niched space. And uh, they are the right guys to follow the example from uh, Studio Neat, and again, they uh, invented the Glyph, which was the first product I ever bought on Kickstarter, I think. 
and it was their product. And uh, this super neat story, and again, Studio Neat, episode 344. All right, next up, and finally, I want to highlight episode 346, which featured Jordan Harbinger, a good friend of mine who was previously on the show a number of years back when he was the host of The Art of Charm, which, if you don't know the story, you're going to have to listen to this episode, but I'll give you the gist. His company essentially booted him out of his own business, and they took over, and they kind of kicked him out, and he was kind of left not really knowing what to do. And uh, they still continued to use the name Art of Charm, and it was just kind of a disgusting situation that you never want to catch yourself in, and Jordan got the short end of the stick there. And so this clip I want to share with you is kind of how he reacted to that and the things that he did, how he thought about the process so that he could actually come out better and on top, which he has. And I'm very thankful that he had uh, a lot of persistence through this because it was a time where I imagine that a lot of people would have given up or felt like, well, I guess this just means I'm not cut out for this. And especially when your own people kick you out, it's it's kind of bad. But also big benefit of him having the art of charm initially and being the host of that show was that people followed the show for him who are now following him at the Jordan Harbinger show, which I'll recommend you subscribe to. But I definitely recommend you listen to this episode. It's a very open and honest and authentic and very scary episode uh, to know that he'd gone through this process. So here is Jordan from episode 346. Just a little snippet teaser for you. Here we go. I know these situations personally, too, because I've had things happen in my past. Many people know my story getting laid off, and it just seems like, wow, the plan I had is not going well. What am I going to do? But you were able to make something happen out of it, and so those those times become blessings in disguise. But you know, you don't really see it often when you're in the situation. So how did you know where to go? Or what the plan was, or did you just kind of go? You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna see what happens, and then how are you able to steer the ship now into an even better direction? So the first thing was to realize that I had a lot of people on my side, and so what I did really was I, I absolutely made a bunch of phone calls, like you, you know, you know, you were part of that. I made a bunch of those calls and got a bunch of advice and let everybody know what was going on. And I asked for a lot of help. And that help was highly valuable because I'd been sort of banking social capital and referral currency or reputation currency, whatever you want to call it, for for quite a while. What that really meant for me was I spent 11, 12 years meeting people, helping people out with things, um, not asking for anything in return. There's a book from Harvey McKay called Dig the Well Before You're Thirsty, and that's exactly what I was doing, was just trying to figure out who I could introduce to someone else or figure out how I could have people that I know help each other. And that was novel at the time that I was doing it. And I remember teaching the re- one of the reasons I did it was because I was teaching a lot of networking skills and talking about it, things like that here and there to students and, and things like that in my old law school. And I thought it was good to practice what you preach, but nobody who's digging the well. And one of the reasons that entrepreneurs put this off is they think, Oh yeah, yeah. Dig the well before you're thirsty. I've heard that, but nobody really thinks I'm going to be thirsty in 10 years when this horrible thing happens that you can't plan for. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, that was actually in many ways lucky that I ended up practicing what I had been preaching. So that over time built up so many people that were like, oh yeah, you helped me launch my book. Oh yeah, you gave me advice early on. Or, oh yeah, you introduced me to this person who I ended up hiring that ended up working out. Or There's all kinds of relationships like that that I had helped create just by 
giving value first, ABG instead of ABC. So instead of always be closing ABC, it's ABG always be giving or always be generous and helping other people without the attachment of anything in return. All right, one more time. That was Jordan from episode 346, which just came out a couple weeks ago. And man, what an amazing lineup we've had all year. And I wish I could play clips from every episode because, you know, all 51 episodes were fantastic. I want to thank you all for the support this year. And I cannot wait because I am getting really excited right now. It's just the beginning of December while I record this. I had to delay the recording of this a little bit because I was sick. Those of you who are following me on social media know that. And I uh, thank you so much for all the kind words and the well wishes. I'm back. I'm back to normal, which is why I'm recording this episode now. But I'm also getting really jazzed about what's coming next year. I've invited some amazing players on board to come on the podcast and share a lot of various insights and stories and tips for you so that you can build a successful business of your own as well. And big, big ups to everybody who has left a review on the show this year and everybody who's listening as well to Ask Pat. I want to thank you so much for all the support with that. And uh, literally just, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for 2018 and I know that 2019 is going to be even more of a hit thanks to the encouragement and the inspiration from many of you. And I want to encourage you to keep going and move into 2019 with full force, with full commitment to succeed and to level up and to do all the amazing things. And for those of you who are going to be coming to San Diego in July, July 26 to 28, I am looking forward to seeing you there. If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, now would be the time. I don't even know if it's perhaps already sold out by the time you listen to this, but hey, flyncon1.com is exactly uh, exactly where you want to go, flyncon1.com. And one more time, just thank you so much for all the support. Love you, and we'll see you in 2019. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.